0: Hey everyone, it's beer and welcome back to the Super Combo Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by our co-host, Chris of Unix. Chris, how are you doing today?
1: Uh tired, but it is a good week for DBS. Personally, just had some like really cool news sprout up, and it's a really good move for the community. Um, you know, it's it's always just a a really interesting just lifestyle being the number one Universe 7 go-home player on the planet. And soon I'll have chances to actually try to uphold that title. Um, there's a lot of red U7 in general, and I want to kind of throw my hat in the ring and play against that. Just, you know, it's it's, it's a matter of pride. As, as Evan U7 would say, hashtag it's a lifestyle. But past that, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really happy for competitive season to be coming up. Um, this weekend was monstrous for a whole lot of people, and I'm actually proud of all my homies that like did well i'm proud of all my homies that got out there and tried but the amount of people that i am close with that actually did well including yours truly main host of this podcast who just got out there and just pretty much said you know screw scrapping for an invite for the rest of the format like it's just phenomenal so congratulations to all those people and um yeah like it's it's a good weekend it was a good kickoff to the competitive season i think yeah,
0: I totally agree. Uh, same thing for me on my end. A lot of people that I know have uh, gone out there and performed, and uh, we'll touch base on some of that uh, in a later showcase. Um, and actually, uh, I mumbled on the intro a little bit because I was one hundred percent committed to calling you Discount Juice World, and I just totally blanked on what <laughs> I just totally blanked on what the name was before I uh, as I was saying it. <laughs> that was but, true. You're but, not uh, intervened.
1: Literally like,
0: no. <laughs> yeah, but uh, nevertheless, you know. Like you said, uh, big news for the community. And actually, should be our first topic today where uh, it was a big weekend for a lot of people. Um, however, I think the biggest win I think the community can pull was that uh, your boy Unix, Mr. Chris Spencer, was on IGN today in one of their unboxing videos.
1: Uh, yeah, um, that was actually... That was actually pretty cool. Uh, I have to just be thankful that I got the opportunity. And um, I think it's actually just a very big step in a lot of different ways. Like, one, this is probably the biggest outside of the community advertising we've had for our games. And a lot of people actually noticed, and this is something I noticed, too. When I clicked on that IGN video, I got an ad for Realm of the Gods. And I have never seen a YouTube ad. If I'm not mistaken, for this game before, like I see Legends, I see Dokin, I have not seen a Dragon Ball Super card game. So just this may be a bigger step in just getting our name out there because our IP, like let's let me let me realize it. Nobody's ever taking over Pokemon, like overthrowing Pokemon, but our IP is bigger than Yu-Gi-Oh as an IP, just not bigger as a card game. And I think that just having a lot more people with eyes on this game can do a lot for it. So I'm very very excited for that. Um, something that I've been wanting to hold in for like a little bit now, is uh freaking, you know that little meme where the dude's in the corner and he's like, they don't know I'm famous. <laughs> like when I was watching everybody like break street dates, like on pulling their Vegeta SERs, I want I was that dude in the corner. I was like, if only they knew I was the first person on the planet to pull this SER. Like that's how I felt. I was like <laughs> <laughs> some dudes, oh man, I I I gotta get my case to pull my Vegeta and I'm like, give me case to pull it. But on the outside I'm like, you look bro, like so It just feels really good to finally um, be chilling. For the people that tested with me on webcam and saw my backwards proxy cards, it just was a totally ironic, fun moment to know that when I played Vegeta and it was a proxy turned around card, it was just Vegeta turned around in the sleep. (laughs) So, just know that. Just know that. I hope it it didn't cheapen the match. But, um, no, it was... it, It actually... It was really, really cool. I, it was an experience I've never had before. Um, I actually got a look into, like, and I'm not going to front like my production on my videos has so much room to grow. but um, recording this IGN thing, I really got like a taste of the sort of like production and editing and like recording that people like George and Brian from Stage Zero just do way more regularly and i was just like holy crap like it opened my eyes there's a lot of room for me to grow and i'm gonna try to step up my game but like yo man that technical side of obs i was not ready (laughs) y'all out here y'all out here doing work work
0: (laughs) it's a thankfully it's a lot of one-time work where you kind of do it once and you can kind of forget about it but uh yeah there's there is a lot that goes into it as you step up and level up the content creation game and i guess that's like my biggest question as you know and as i look into this is just kind of like you know what? What are your takeaways from it, right? Because here's the thing: like, yes, uh, I think there are some people out there who, you know, try to push the quality of the game as far as they can. Myself, Brian, um, there's a couple of others. Um, I think Sensu Pop oftentimes will try to push the note on terms of where he can take the game uh, visually speaking. So. But but those are things that, like, we're trying to figure out a ground, right? Like, um, Worlds is us trying to figure out what works best for that and how we can make that the most presentable that it is. But it's still very much grassroots in terms of, it's just a bunch of guys doing the best that they know. Um, you know, what, what did you feel was, like, the biggest step up in terms of working with IGN? Who like, And, like, the, you know, not just keep on stroking your ego, but, like, IGN is, like, what, arguably the largest uh, games article, forum, editorial on the planet like behind arguably games what gamespot used to be so i mean huge you judge on you and i never thought i'd see one of my boys on ign so like how 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 was the experience
1: um the experience was kind of um it, it was, it was kind of cool because I'm not sure how much I can talk about, how much sure. I can talk about. Sure, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you um, know with, without jeopardizing your opportunity to maybe be on there again someday.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, stars star definitely align, though, because I think uh, it kind of it evolved. I believe when it started, I was supposed to be very hands-off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Loki, um, just kind of more of like a guiding hand in terms of information. And um, things, things changed over time. So lots of, lots of moving pieces. And it just kind of came out to the point where this was the final product. And I'm really grateful for that, but this is not what it was uh, supposed to be going in. Uh, But either way, working with them, it was just, uh, it was actually really cool. Like I had never kind of seen the technical side of the fact that they are just pretty much a giant billboard of nerds that love to do nerd stuff. So really like, it was just cool to see this. I I've never seen Dragon Ball Super put into a video like that. Like when they when they got their cards and they were able to do the uh the panning shots with the their cameras, I was yeah, like, hey yeah. yo! <laughs> I, was, I was like, what is this? This is 20160K HD. Like, oh man, like the cards were popping. It looked so good to see it put together. And it was also just weird to like I don't know. It was really cool. Um and then they were really also cool to work with because they allowed me to um be a little more expressive like when we were going over the spaces you know there was going to be explanations of the game and explanations of the set and whatnot but um they really did allow me to kind of interject and kind of let them know hey look i think it'd be really cool to stress a b and c like the fact that uh mythic booster like yes it's a set of reprints yes it has a heightened rarity but i was the person that was like hey look this is this is such an all-arounder because it helps new people catch up to the game. It helps veterans that, like, are coming back catch up. But it also helps veterans that have consistently played flesh out just their collection to be able to play other things. Um, like, or the um, the three facts. I think that was, uh, it was like, three things that really draw me to this game. I pushed for that to be in there because I was like, it's not enough for people to... Collectors will see our cards and love them because, frankly, the only... They're not really games that really mess with our level of just flair for these cards Mm. but i wanted to make sure that even from a technical standpoint we could try to yank people into the game so i was the person that talked about the ip and then i talked about how we have a resource system but specifically wanted to make sure people understood that in our game you can't be mana flooded you can't be starved yeah like i needed to put that in there because there are people who love magic who love having that resource but hate that sort of part of the game um i also had to be the person i wanted to push the fact that we have that weird combo phase not weird combo phase but great combo phase or i guess combat phase unlike Yu-Gi-Oh or magic where everything has to turn sideways in one part of the turn how we are way more responsive and you know proactive at the same time like we can just turn a card sideways invest into it see how you do see what you expend to get over it see if you just take it and then decide what we're going from there which is a whole another layer. It's one of the main reasons why our game has so many interactions, because we have that fluid attack kind of setup. So um, I was really happy that it wasn't just like, no, this is the docket. This is what you're going to do. It was like, oh, well, OK, what are your ideas? And I'm like, I think this is really important. And they're like, that sounds really important. And so, yeah, I was just really, really happy with the level of interaction that I was able to do. And... um it could have been... I'm just going to say this flat out. There's so... It could have been anybody. Like, there's... there's, there's. We have so many people. Like, I'd right off the bat say that, like, Espira, like, Brian, Janik. Like, there's so many people that have so much passion for this game that could have got on there and done the same thing. I'm just happy that it was one of us that were able to get on there. Because I think the worst thing could have happened is if somebody just, like, opened packs and was like, Hey, yo, this is lit. <laughs> and then I, I wouldn't have done anything for our game. You know what I mean? Like, like we we need... We needed somebody who was going to be passionate about the game, who can explain these parts of the game. And I would say there is probably like a top five, maybe six list for that, in my opinion. Um, and I mentioned a couple of them already. So yeah, I'm just, I think it's going to be cool. And it really makes me hopeful for the future to see what we're going to be doing. Um, across the past year, we have gotten an amazing boost of uh, of uh, Bandai just kind of including people. the community who have put in the hours and you know the effort to really do things i mean like like is it george is it public knowledge about like stream setup or not the stream setup in for the big turneys yeah yeah i think everyone okay so so yeah like in that in that regard like you literally it's not like you have to thank more than three freaking people for the fact that we had nats and worlds coverage at all like like you were literally (laughs) watching when you were sitting in your home going, I wonder how Worlds is. Oh, wait, we can watch this. You are literally looking at, like, Eggman, Brian, and freaking George. Like, like, on their backs. Like, without them, you would not have that coverage. So, like, that, that's monumental. It is monumental that got outsourced and outsourced to players that have, or content creators that have proven themselves when it comes to that. Um, you've had spoilers. You've had uh, product openings. Like, it really is cool to see how much Bandai has opened up. To letting the people that already have so much passion for their game help the game flourish even more. And I feel like that's going to just be better and better as time goes by. Like, we, I'm not gonna delve into why this might have closed up a little bit, because we've already joked about that before. People generally know, and there's no re- reason to just kind of dress that up. But I think that we're starting to get to a point where, like, the wounds have healed, they're just scars, but we're like making new progress and we're breaking new ground. And who knows what we're gonna see in 2022 when it comes to this and for people that say this game is dime um pardon my language but you're you're literally smoking dick like there's uh there's at this point almost three full arcs that are in the manga that haven't been put out yet um well actually no i think it's two what moro and granola yeah there's a movie coming out and you already know they can't make cards until they animate anything So, on top of them being able to recycle infinite, almost, you know, stuff that they already have, they're going to be able to go into this movie, and that's a whole set, so that buys another three months for this game to be out. And the moment Dragon Ball Super comes back, we have two, we have another arc that we can animate. So, this game, easily, as long as, like, Bandai just doesn't just look at it and go, nah, like, (laughs) we, we easily have, like, two more years minimum. And at this point, Dragon Ball is just not going to die, like, as an IP. Like, it's just, it's actually wild. Like, they could right now take out Goku and Vegeta, and people would be super heated. But after being heated and criticizing it, they would deadass watch a show that focused on, like, Gohan, Trunks, Goten, and Pan, and then just, I don't know, let Broly have a green baby. It's over. It's over. Like, it's literally, it's actually over. Like, there's not, oh, Chi Lai's race grows a little faster. Give him an excuse to be, like, 12 when, like, Pan is, like, 12. And it's literally over. People are going to complain. Then they're going to watch. And then they're going to be sitting there waiting for Burly's son to Kirk out and, you know, for Gohan to be kind of like Goku figure. Like, they don't, there's, the only way they end this IP is if they choose to end this IP. So... Mm -hmm yeah we are we're sitting pretty. we're literally sitting pretty. If this is your cheese, congratulations. like you will probably be playing this card game with your own children if you continue playing card games by that time it is what it is
0: yeah, it's super solid and i I think it's like a good representation of i you know band I listen and we we say it all the time, and I think the people who you know are attuned to the moves that bandai makes recognize that they absolutely do listen like uh we've been saying for a hot minute you know more advertisement in the game and this is effectively what this is this is a huge advertisement on a huge platform and i think going back to you know your three key factors i think they were huge um because you know at the end of the day there's two different kind of crowds that you can attract when it comes to pulling them into a card game there are card game players who think your game is interesting for whatever reason decide to give it a go and then secondarily there are people who love the ip a lot there's a lot of crossover naturally, but um when we're talking about like pulling in other card game players things like like me i was a massive magic player um like i had uh, aspirations for making the pro tour and all that and i was going to regionals and winning and like actually doing really well competitively until i moved and then decided to pivot over but uh your aspect like the one of the biggest aspect for me is that yeah we you will never manifold you will never man a screw in this game you will always get and i i think that's the biggest advantage to our game is the fact that every single card I'll stick to battle card specifically. No, yeah, I'll stick to battle card specifically. Every single card has triple usage off the off the rip just by being like a vanilla battle card. It can be charged, so it can be your resource system. It can be comboed away, which is allows you to be more defensive or offensive. And then additionally, it can just straight up be played as a battle card, which allows you to apply more pressure and or you know board control. So uh, mechanically, I think Dragon Ball is just so incredibly powerful that like. Have, making sure that's a key highlight of anyone who knows anything about card games is like a huge aspect of pulling people in. So uh super cool video. Uh obviously very jazzed that you got the opportunity. Um and the fact that they're, you know, Bandai and IGN and GTS, I guess, distribution, are, are definitely going about with everybody on uh trying to get the game out there. So super fantastic on that part. Very jazzed And I think the entire community uh really resonate with it. I I even if it's not you posting it, I've been seeing everyone and their mother posting the video onto the different uh, groups so super super wow. well received
1: <laughs> uh yeah i take that
0: and uh yeah like chris was saying you know bandai has been pushing this initiatives where content creators have been more involved and hey bandai if you want to do another secret rare showdown sunday stream um uh, I'm down, bro. I, I'm down to have 13k viewer or uh, 1,300 live views again on my stream. So hey, that was wild, wild. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll balance the game better. Maybe give Joey not as easy of a chance of sniping up two SCR's.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, are you talking about like the the? Uh, oh my gosh, wait, wait, wait. Was that the the matches or was that the Jeopardy thing? That was the, the, oh yeah, 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 yeah that, was the, that
0: was the trivia show. Yeah. All
1: right, I will forever. Just put it out there. I got robbed on both the female sands <laughs> and the wicked dude, okay, like I get it. I definitely get it when it comes to the wicked sands. what was the what was the wicked sand that I didn't get? Uh, reddit or a... yeah, yeah, okay. So I definitely get why that was the case, but like nobody, nobody can tell me that like I wasn't also onto a bead hearing or getting Goku black Turles, and Broly and just being like. That's a Dragon Ball Heroes card because this game puts a Dragon Ball Heroes SCR out every single set. It's Cumber. It's literally Cumber. And they're like, see, so close. Actually ran it. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> well, uh,
0: all right. The, yeah, the the I will say the Radiant Saiyans was the biggest. Like what? Like, oh, is, that was why, a, why, why is why is Genie there? why is bola there
1: that was such a giant (laughs) f you because i was like i went off on that one too and then like it was like okay like maybe like i think i did put in bola but i didn't put in gina and i was like i even thought bola was a stretch i'm like woman hasn't swung on anybody in your life and then like when you were like when uh when joey just guessed bola or guessed uh gina and you were like ding 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 i was like Hey, yo, bro, she had three minutes of screen time. She was chopping <laughs> up steak. Like, wait, wait, what? Probably know she's got a power level of 0.002.5, like two decimal points within the same numeral. Like, I, I don't know. I felt I felt so just hurt. Um, now, granted, I am glad I did not get Radiant Sands because if I pulled Radiant Sands, like if I got that, I probably would have tried to run it over uh, Kai S.E.R. And then my roommates Ooh. would have had to like tell me to shut up yeah. And like stop being stupid, because like Kai Ser is just such a better Ser. But like I also was like you know a couple times in testing I opened up with Radiant Sand just OTK'd my opponent on turn three, and that's pretty balling. But it was not worth. It was not worth. So I'm glad. I'm glad I uh, did not get the opportunity to play myself.
0: <laughs> Very fair. Well, it's the, the whole thing was fun. um I think I definitely learned uh, from it, and just kind of like game balance and how important those kind of things are. So. Uh, you know, if, if if we do get the opportunity to do it again, uh, or if anyone from the community, I you know, if it, if it ends up not being me, I will gladly consult on like, hey, you should probably think about doing this, this and this. So just things like that are always great. They're great opportunities to have outreach for the game. So big fan, big fan. Um, um Yes.
1: I don't know. I might have to swear off of all like game style things i love being involved with them but like <laughs> i'm still emotionally traumatized over starting off jeopardy guessing monster carrot and ending jeopardy with the lowest score like i thought i was about to destroy <laughs> you guys when when that was the first question revealed and i was like this is where we're going oh my god like george is smart like eight thousand iq and like janik knows dragon ball lore but i don't think they know monster carrot I dragon ball not i'm going in carrot. I'm going in, and then I just like got body for her. <laughs> but no, I, I,
0: I guarantee, I was nerfed by Canadian ping on that one. Oh my god, oh,
1: dude! I we we cannot beat <laughs> Janet with the button, bro. Like I was sitting here spamming, and that was actually the worst part. Like it would have been one thing if we just had answers that we didn't know, but like nine times out of ten, it was just like we didn't press the button fast. Enough. <laughs> like we, we all all three of us knew the answer, but Janet came out on top with the button smashing nation. So. I felt
0: that felt grimy. I was so sad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, of course, super fun. Uh, against big up and ups for Chris being showcased on IGN of all places. That is so incredibly cool. Uh, nice. I, kid me would have his mind blown by this, and current me still has my mind blown by this. so super awesome. And here's to hoping that that's just a start to many more moves in the future now. As far as excitement internally to the community goes, we had talked about it a little bit at the start. First webcam regionals happened. So these are the first regionals that have happened for the year, and they're happening before DBS Fest, which means they're regular best-of-ones. Now, there's no confirmation that after DBS Fest happens, best-of-ones are going to be pre-site. However, everyone knows in the community that it's the right move to make. And a lot of people have been complaining that, like, hey, these should have been as best one pre-sides. But I do think, while I understand the frustration because it seems like such a free give that this is what the community wants, I do like the fact that Bandai is going about testing something in an unofficial manner before officiating it. Um, because I think if this is policy for any rule changes within the game, it'll be very much appreciated that it happens this way versus just kind of being thrown at us without us having any really like foresight to it. At least when it comes to the OP circuit. So on that front, it gave an opportunity for a lot of strategies that typically don't thrive in regular best one to maybe have one last shindig, one last go at it. Because, of course, best of one is effectively its own version of DBS and where your opponent can't really side or fix their matchup for what you're doing. And it means that sometimes degenerate strategies, <coughs> Android 18 mil, uh, can go ahead and take down the entire tournaments.
1: <laughs> All right. Time out, time out, time out, time out. While I agree with you. Mm hmm. How are you calling Android 18 degenerate? I mean, it is degenerate, but mill Nimba, bro. Like, I mean, now granted, granted, you're milling over time, and you can also play like a beatdown strategy, and Android 18 is just actually cheesing you off of this planet. <laughs> but like <laughs> oh,
0: don't get me wrong i mean i i claim it hard as the cheesiest of cheese strats but at the same time he also carried my breakers into a top 16 finish so i'm not oh, complaining
1: oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right, that's true. wait yeah you did play him i checked in uh i uh, was like checking in on the stream and i was like i literally saw Mill versus Mill, and it wasn't that i didn't want to watch you but i was like there are matches that i could potentially get in trouble for watching at work but it will not be Mill versus Mill. <laughs> I'm not going to have like somebody be like, yo, he was on TV. He was on his computer watching some sort of card game to be watching Mill versus Mill. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to uh, see how this goes in the comments.
0: No, nah, uh, I was undefeated up until that point. I think it was round or game six uh, or round six. And uh, by that point, it was just like, nah, it's that matchup is so like you can't win. Uh, as Janemba, there is arguably an inn where I might have been able to aggro him. And I think that's the route I should. I thought about it and I opted not to in the game. And then uh, when I thought about the game uh, later on or today, actually, which is the day after, I uh, mm-hmm. very much just kind of like, yeah, uh, the, because it didn't occur to me how many pieces Android 18 actually needs in hand um, to make the kill turn work. So if you can ag- aggress them and make it tough to them to just assemble and sit on the combo in hand, that was probably the right move. So anyways, things to learn for the future. But uh, uh, what ended up winning, taking down the first of uh, the card of Magicka one on Saturday?
1: King Piccolo. King the Final Piccolo uh, With Marcel yeah. Russell. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, going into the, f- uh, the top four was, well, going into the seventh round, the four undefeated decks were all different. There was a uh, Sin Shenron. There was Gogeta Zeno. There was U uh, seven Goku and King Piccolo, and the um, the freaking what Sin, uh, Sin Shinron, I think beat. Wait, did it beat? I think it beat Gogeta Zeno because it got to like Tap Six Land, and um, King Piccolo beat U seven, and it was actually very close. I actually put that uh, put the gentleman with U seven Goku on my channel, and I also ended up putting. Um, I also was listening to just, I watched their match and Marcel is, if you, if you've played against him or just watched him play, dude's a machine. Like he is calculating. He made Turles look good. And if you don't understand the feat
0: of strength (laughs) that is to
1: make green Turles look like a competitive deck, then like, I can't help you, but he, he is honestly just that uh, player. He will make decks that are way worse than they are. Look better. Um, And, he even said that like, Homeboy played very, very well. And there was a pivotal... There was two plays. There were two hard plays that really, made, um, that really killed it. It's actually... I, it's on the deck profile. But the U7 Goku player, he gave a minus to Piano. Um, I don't know if he was trying to set up the double tap on it to hopefully kill it. But at that particular moment, he did not take into consideration Pan. And if he had just hit any other battle card on the field... Pan would have cost two energy and wouldn't have dropped on that turn, mm. and that's what pushed in. And there was one more, I think, momentum kill, but that was the main misplay of that game. Um, and since it's best of one, you know, that one major misplay that loses game just loses the match. But um, yeah, so that was pretty cool that the top four was four different decks. In my opinion, I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's super great. Um, some old, some new. Um, I think. Uh. It was the most represented deck, but U7 Goku did what it did, and it showcased that it is a deck that can fight it off at top tables, which I think everyone was suspecting, so it's nice to see that it was doing that, and I do argue, I think arguably the deck gets better in Best of One Pre-Side as well, um, since it's not like an incredibly linear strategy, and it does like the ability to fine-tune itself, since it is, it can lean very mid-rangey, so on that front, super cool. Uh, Day two, I don't remember what all the top decks were, but uh, we had... Uh, Joey Paladino played out in the finals versus Frank Newcomb. Joey was on KP as well. And uh, Frank was on Android 18 Mill, which, which to be fair is just kind of a free game for Android 18. Like, King Piccolo can definitely get there um, based on aggression. But if uh, Android 18 is like moderately decent with the defensive cards they find while being able to assemble the combo, it, uh, it is very, very difficult for King Piccolo to do anything. So, uh, wow. yeah. Got something to say about I it? Have
1: a, well, yeah, no, I, I just have a, I, I have like sort of a treat mm. because I had already been going over this detail, and so I can tell you, right, Nizel um, that uh, so Android 18, of course, like you said, won against um against uh, Joey Paladino's King Piccolo, um, but also in the top four there was King Cold, and a Whoa. Super Saiyan for Bardock.
0: Uh that yeah, I played against him actually. I was his one I was I beat I was his one loss. Heck yeah, put some dirt <laughs> in his eye.
1: Ohly <laughs> <laughs> like, Maguire located. Um but that's actually wild. Yeah. After after Top Cut happened, because I think uh I don't know who beat who, mm. but yeah, Joey went into round uh the last round and defeated along with uh Frank. Frank beat Joey, knocking Joey down to uh knocking Joey down to third place. And then a King cold won it's eighth round. Her, won one, it's last round, allowing it to go up to second. I hate, hate, hate when that happens when you're undefeated and yeah. you lose to another undefeated and an X one who just won their last round squeaks above you. That is infuriating. It so feels bad in the people in the DMV. If you guys remember that one ARG championship where we all took a group picture at the island games and I looked literally like somebody had shot my entire family in the streets. It was literally because of that. Like, five rounds, I lost to Jamal in the freaking final round, and Amani, who had lost in, like, round two but one out, got to second place. And the only thing that made it better was that I got TP's, and I pulled SS2 foil Gohan. A- but I was very upset because I didn't have my stupid piece of paper that said I got second place at the store, like, champion. Like, I don't know. I was upset.
0: Yeah, it's that, that's always been really tough for me. And obviously, it doesn't get fixed unless you do, like, a top-8 type situation. But the fact that, like, effectively you can go undefeated and have, quote-unquote, the finals where you're both undefeated and then you're actually not the second place for losing is always so tough. Like, it's like I understand it goes via tiebreakers, but I feel like there should be, like, an exempt in... Like, if tournaments will only play out in Swiss for most of the year, I do feel like there should be some kind of, like, extra thing when they do the last rankings where if there's only two players left undefeated at the last round, the guy who loses should just get second. Um... Especially if there's like ever like second place exclusive pricing, because like that still feels bad. You effectively played out of finals just to get punished for it. Like you, you, were yeah. lit- you were literally better off maybe losing the round beforehand to then win your last one to get into
1: second. So that's that's crazy. Like that is crazy. You were better we're be- off having a worse record <laughs> to get like, wow, the sky is down, water is dry. Like I,
0: oh no. <sighs> um so of course your boy ended up playing on sunday with janemba mill and uh it was a long fought day uh ended up going undefeated for five rounds before we took our first loss and uh ended up sinking in 10th place fishing in the top 16 which gets additional prizing so that's always super cool and Heck yeah. uh super i didn't think i was gonna do that well to be honest i was so here's the story um I had worked the entire Saturday because the provisional showdown for my hero was going on, which, by the way, is super diverse tournament. So if anyone ever interested in that game, you guys should definitely check out the tournament gameplay on Twitch. The VODs are still live. Um, So Saturday, I was uh, working and supporting the entirety of the stream as well as being at a cottage with friends, which means that like and so then once the stream was done on Saturday, I was catching up with the fact that I was working the entire time while I was at the cottage, which means uh, your boy was in a hot tub till five in the morning. And then was two hours away from home. So then got out, showered, uh, prepped. And then there's a bunch of snow on the road too. So I ended up driving two hours. So now I'm arriving home at like 9, 10 o'clock, something like that. Um, picked up breakfast, ate like a, my $10 like, traditional uh, ceremonial breakfast that I do with my iced coffee. And then had no deck because Red U7 wasn't available for me. I went to the store and they were bought out. So, I mean, glad for all the players who got their stuff, but that was, I was not one of those players. I managed to pick up a couple of staples, like blue cards and some things that I know eventually I might test out. So for the most part, I had nothing news. so I was like, well, first off, I need to sleep, because I am currently going over 24 hours without sleep. So how about I just played Janemba? Janemba's a deck that I've been specking on for the last week or two that would probably do decent with all these draw deep decks. Um, also, if no one's really super expecting it, Maybe uh, it can get in there, even though I wasn't even aware that it, I ended up winning on Saturday because I was so tuned out from what was happening Dragon Ball on Saturday. And I only caught up once it was Sunday. So ended up building the deck in 10 minutes. Blue-yellow because I just like blue-yellow. Uh, zero testing because you guys know how I do. Uh, and, then <laughs> <You> I, <laughs> and then I took a nap. Uh, so about 35, 40-minute nap. And then I had to set up the stream and get going. So super solid day across the board. I was super gelled out. So like huge shout out to everyone who supported me, by the way. I think the the stream peaked at 197 viewers, um, which is actually more viewers than the official super player stream. But anyways,
1: um Sheesh, Did you really give it to your, Did you really just pull up on your mic to <laughs> I can literally hear you pulling up on your mic. Alright, I'm done. Uh, uh disrespect. I love it. <laughs>
0: Um, which again like huge shout out to them for hosting an official stream and everything being able to watch the finals and everything between that was super sick but um so we had a fantastic stream so thank you everyone for who showed up and stuck around for my low energy it was very much a chill because your boy was on 30 minutes of sleep uh the tournament went super well um played a lot of people who actually never played against janemba before and that's a big perk like because like they they don't know how to balance between drawing not drawing or when to activate their abilities it's definitely one of those matchups you need to understand how to play um, so first off, huge shout out to all my opponents. It, it was a great tournament. But um the right so like I played against Red U 7. Um, he milled himself a decent amount of times. Um, or activated optional triggers um that allowed him to burst more. Uh against other strategies, absolutely. But against Janemba, don't bother. Just let them mill you out to get to get your sparking and stuff live, and you'll buy yourself more turn. Um Sin Shenron is basically free unless they draw the nuts and you draw nothing. So that was what a matchup. And the rest were all mid-rangey. The SS4, like I said, who ended up taking top four, I was his only loss. Um, And it was just like a super, which I'm not going to lie, like if he ran as hot as he played in my game, like no wonder, because this man ripped three SS4 thwartings in four turns back to back to back on me. Like turn four onwards, I had to fight three of those guys. Like absolute insanity, ripped so many cards out of hand, but somehow, you know, managed to get there. uh, Top decked the, oh, actually the most insane top deck was that, well, you know, he, he plays Vermillion Saiyan and he played it out and he played his battle cards and stuff, but uh, the thing with Janemba, or at least my Janemba, is that I am also a SS4 Vermilion deck. So, one card in hand, and he can, like, effectively take me out. He, and I have one card in hand, it's dead. I think it's a mill card. He, he plays the Vegeta that bottom decks a card from my hand and I get to draw one. So I bottom deck the 4-drop mill Nemba into... Drawing into an SS, the SS4 Vermilion, and at this point he's already rested like a bunch of battle cards, and he hasn't attacked with his Gogeta yet. <laughs> so he drew, he, uh, so he drew me into my one out in my deck that allowed me to win the game. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't mm. <laughs> hey man, no, man, you just gave me
1: like you gave me Vietnam flashbacks of nationals. Bro, better lucky than good, dog. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear it. 20-something minute game one versus Soul Striker, which is a grind. I thought I could get it out. Eight-minute clapping against Soul Striker, as it should be because it's my best matchup if it's mono blue. Then game two, got him down to three life in like six minutes. Swung with my unison. He has zero cards in hand from getting the taste smacked out of his mouth. Draws a card. I play King Piccolo, I turn that dude sideways and I go, better not have gotten the negate and he's sparking D-magics me. And I'm like, you're so good. Like, (laughs) Like, I was heated. I was like, how did I lose (laughs) in six minutes to Soul Striker? Like, oh my god, I was so pissed. I felt like, I felt 100% in control until the very last card he played. Because he did have, he did have like Kefla on the board. He had Kefla on the board he he'd kind of gone in. His baby hatch was there. His keff was there. But it was one of those points where I was just like, we don't have too much time left. And I'm in a position where I can press you even though I'm going second. Right. And like it, the part that really just blows my mind is that if I had just been a bad player and swung with a double strike and put two cards in his hand, that was game. He was tapped out. His keff had already blocked. Like that was actually game. But like literally just doing the right sequence I don't know. Maybe some people would say that's not the right sequence because if the only card he can top deck is D Magic, maybe I want to set him down to one. But mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, I'm going to swing with one. He's going to get one card from life. He has that one card in hand. And then he's going to have to deal with his like sixty something thousand King Piccolo, and he can't. And then it was just like, yes, I can, dog. I was like, oh, damn, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, he here. tried to hit me with a good game. I was like, yes, yeah, sir, and I just left. I
0: mean, my I here's the thing, bro. Even Manaka's beat hit, you know, like sometimes just
1: better lucky than good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Manaka oh. beat Manaka beat him because he had some mommy milker nips like <laughs> the secret.
0: secret. So um the rest of the tournament run went well. Um I will say so the last game was against legends, and I actually ended up losing that one. He was playing Blue Yellow Frieza and like he was playing to hard aggro me, so he was hard drawing everything and knew that if he wanted to beat me, it had just to be to try and press me. Um, and I will say, going into the last turns, that I pr- I missequenced to a point where it definitely made it harder for myself to, and that's how he got the win. Because um, my mills were incredible. I milled his secret rare. I milled both of his trunk unisons, so he didn't have like that extra aggression on me. So like my mills were actually incredible. Um, aside from hitting all the one ofs that you know, since yellow is like secret rare dot deck, by having like four one ofs. Um, and uh, there were like two key plays I think that kind of made it so that even though I was really well positioned to win, I just didn't get there. Um, first off, was I attacked with my with my Majin Buu Yuston when I didn't need to, so he got two extra cards to be able to do whatever. Um, arguably, that's not necessary. Uh, there was three, I guess. So there was that. Uh, the other was the fact that um, I didn't block with my Buu on his first swing, and he had his one of Power Super Saiyan. Forgot that was a card. Not gonna lie, since I haven't played against like Yellow in a hot <laughs>
1: So you don't ever see that card until you see that card.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that happened. So my block negate was gone. And then finally, we ended up having a counter war over his um, fighting against fate. So he played against fighting against fate. I a Masud. He's a Masud. And then I again. And then he called Bloodlusted. <sighs> so uh not able to put his thing in rest mode, rest moding these amassu that did come into play which means I couldn't combo it away. So um effectively we got into a point and then that tapped me out. And then I misplayed earlier to where I didn't I, would, I didn't give myself sparking, which mm-hmm. meant um I had to use my Janemba negate early to get that fifth card down to be able to then sparking and have stuff available, which the first which I had two and then the first one he cooled which I presumed he had. So that was it was just a lot of, like, missequencing, sequencing and I, th- I think that always happens to me, where in the last round, if, like, in the last round, and especially if I play a notable player, and I don't know if it's fatigue. I mean, you could definitely say it's fatigue, and usually I'll be like, nah, I should just be a better player, but, like, on 30 minutes sleep, maybe one time, I'll give myself that excuse. Um, that, uh, it just, it, I just end up getting angsty, and maybe it is just, like, the perk of it all, but, and end up, like, throwing what probably should be a win. So, nevertheless, I mean, Legend's super cool, dude. I've, I've been a fan of his for a hot minute, so... um uh was super fun and that basically concluded the run. There was uh, a little controversy and we had to wait 30 minutes before the final results came in, but at the end uh, yes. <laughs> Um at the end ended up getting there and closing in on top uh top uh finishing tenth for top sixteen, which I think is all that matters. Uh you could argue that my record might have gotten me top four, but like getting I don't think top eight gives you anything special, right? It's like sixteen and then four. So So yeah, so got uh, got there and uh as usual, I love being able to upload a deck profile on the Monday after a tournament if it's a if it's a finish. So, the biggest thing, the biggest thing is the fact that weekend 1 we locked in that Nat's invite and I don't have to give a shit about the regional season until Nat's.
1: <laughs> don't remind me. I like literally like I can't participate in these regionals and I'm about to go to a fest and not get an invite. I'm so sick. <laughs>
0: So uh super fun tournament and of course, congratulations to like everyone who did well, like th- there's so many people I can name and like, I hang out with the Herman style guys a lot. So like, um, for me, it's like big hookups on their parts. So like, uh, of course there was, uh, Frank Newcomb, uh, there was myself, Brandel, who's a big guy, uh, on my stream, um, does incredibly well in all of these tournaments ended up being in the top 16 back to back top 16 Saturday and Sunday. So a huge shout out to you, Brandel. Uh, broken yes. TCG on Saturday did really well. Um, Armando got tenth on Saturday. Armando couldn't have killed you to get eleven so that for once, it plays higher than you in a tournament. Um John Carlo ended enough. up in top thirty two. So like, super good across the board.
1: Homies were shining this weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. big and up ups. Uh, I think Joku ended up top thirty two. was I am I correct on that statement? I only noticed he was actually, And that's a big thing I'll say. There were a lot of players who, like I thought, had sworn to never play webcam games, and all of a sudden they're playing webcam games. So I, uh, I don't know. Uh, Joey Paladino never plays webcam game. Broke that here, and did extremely well. Um, Scott Dashi, I think, doesn't really play webcam games. He was there as well. You know, so you know, a lot of people who I'm not used. To, uh, Joku, I don't think, really did. So um, huge uh, up and ups on everyone who decided to jump in and participate.
1: Yeah, Scott Dashi be saying a lot of things though.
0: So <laughs> I mean, fair, but you know you know, when we're trying to just speak on an awareness level.
1: All right, great, great.
0: <sighs> so got a play mat. That's cool. Um, turns out, I don't know what everyone's talking about, about there being no play mat for participating. I participate. I'm getting a play mat out of it. So I don't. I don't know what people are on, but. Uh, I don't think it was listed. I don't think it was <laughs> oh, it's, listed. Oh, oh no. I'm just, I'm just memeing because top 16 gets to play mad. But I don't think oh, it was sheesh. <laughs> Oh, sheesh. <laughs> oh, next level. It was the next level trolling. Never mind. All right. You got
1: it. Um, got his ass.
0: Yeah. But again, super exciting. And I think it'll only get better once best of one preset comes in. Um, so for everyone who was able to take their degenerate strategy like myself and take it to one final best of one where it would probably strive, well done. Next up is DBS Fest for the next two weekends. The IRL ones are this upcoming weekend. And then the Carta Magica Canadian online one the weekend after that. So uh, should be a good time and hopefully lead to best of one presides moving forward. Now, there's uh, a decent amount for us to analyze in terms of what these are. And of course, there's just webcam rituals and there's a lot of, you know, uh, asterisks that we can apply to that. But uh, for a long time, for, you know ever since the start of this podcast, uh, some people would go out to claim that this is effectively the Bitch About Yellow podcast. <laughs> um, and you're not wrong, because we do a lot of that. But, uh, you know, while Yellow is still incredibly strong, and I don't think neither I or are going to stray away from that because uh, card for card, they are the best card pool in the game. Um, it's written really better.
1: It's literally built different.
0: <laughs> um, yellow didn't destroy. It did well. Uh... And you know it plays some decks, and uh, for what it's worth, I'm not counting Senchan Ron. plays yellow, but it's not a yellow deck because it doesn't. Actually... is
1: it's an archetype; it's not yeah. a yellow deck, like you said. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so, so I'll give you the first lore on this. So now that we've had our first couple of regionals, we've got Fest coming up. What? How do you feel about yellow going into set sixteen? Now that we have some results to back up, you know, some data.
1: So here's the thing, okay? Um, yellow. Is very like so. This is actually kind of funny because what we're seeing here is there are a very, very, very like special couple of things that uh yellow is currently missing. And actually, I said by I said a couple, but it's really just one. Um, we talked before how yellow was not just a single card you could ban, not even a single two cards you could hit. Yellow was an amalgam of cards that did things while cantripping, which means they float and a leader that went plus two with minimal effort as well as minimal deck space to do so, meaning that the Icarus deck as a whole could put so many good yellow cards in it and had an engine that plus twoed while all of his good cards can trip, which meant that you were stringing together. Seeing one repost in three turns is not a problem. Seeing one Power of a Super Sand in three turns is not a problem. The problem is seeing Power of a Super Sand into repost. Followed by Power of the Super Saiyan into Steadfast, followed by Power of the Super Saiyan into Steadfast with a repose still in hand, just in case you get froggy with it. So the issue here is now that we don't have the plussing that was Icarus, Trunks may be a deck, but Trunks has to play eight. No, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. At minimum, Trunks plays ten archetype cards. At maximum, maybe thirteen. But even so, these cards don't just effortlessly slide into your plussing like the Hero Dragons do. Um, Trunks also gets one less card per turn. And even when people are like, oh no, it draws the same amount of cards. No, it doesn't. You play a Vanilla from Grave, you draw a card, you combo it, you draw a card. That's a solid plus two. Trunks pluses one from its leader effect. But then you just, like, you lose a card in hand when you do the EX Evolve. So you're going down on one, you're going up two. It's still just a solid, like, yeah, it's not the same. All right, you yeah, guys, it's just not the same. And, uh, oh, wow, I said 11, 13. No, I'm wrong, because you have the evolved targets, too, and you're definitely going to max out on trunks. You're playing a good 15, 16, 17 cards that are types, and that means that you just have less space for generally good yellow cards. You can't just be like, I want to be the fuck tree of the fuck tree and run the slug package with two final flashes, with all the steadfast, with the rep- Like That's just not how it be in the trunks deck so you're seeing yellow at a point where you have so many more gaps in the consistency of their defense and yellow is not a color that's going to sit there and combo six times in a turn like if yellow ever gets caught lacking without the floodgate u seven red will actually just punch it in the balls until you just fold so yeah, yellow's in a place right now where we're starting to see the funniest part about it, in my opinion, is that the same thing that we tried to express to people that was the reason why yellow was hard to hit, is the reason why yellow is not doing it all right now. It has all the tools. They just kind of really neutered the card that was bringing all of them together flawlessly. Mm-hmm. So um, it's gonna be kind of rough because right now, when you look at all these things, with uh, less consistency on their defense, means that aggro decks have a chance to uh, work in on, which means Gogeta Zeno can blitz them. Um, it means that U7 Goku can pressure them early game and then kind of make a weird stopgap mid-game and then cruise into their in-game finishers like uh, Ultra Mastery and the Secret Rare. Um, if you play yellow versus a blue deck, or versus a uh, blue deck, yeah, that's going into late game, you hit a point where you're going to have to fight the hardest fight of your life late game, because you're not really going to kill too many people mid-game. Your early game isn't really threatening people that much. And then, you know, before, like, yellow was a mid-range it could go a little long, but right now, blue has no checking force. Like, uh, the Dark Knight Foo is currently out of the game, so blue can just run rampant. Sin can run rampant. So I do personally think that uh, yellow is just at a spot right now where it is not having the best time. And... I am okay with that because they've been in the sun for far too long, but uh unless Bandai makes another leader that does dumb enough as Icarus, which I don't think they'll do because lately, I can't remember the last time we've got a leader whose core cards were literally four mm-hmm. so i don't I don't foresee them making a leader that's going to cause a problem like Icarus for quite some time.
0: yeah, I don't think so either. I, I, like the funny thing is is that I've been seeing people talk about how trunks. As a large engine and it blows my mind that like a 17 card engine you have to run into your deck is considered large which is like for most colors that is like very much in the lower end of like typical <laughs> so yeah uh, so it, yeah. It, it just goes to show how much yellow players were used to playing like literally yellow.deck so privileged ass yeah people. and here's the thing guys when we say tough time like like, we just mean, like, it, it, it's on par with, like, what a lot, a lot of other decks are doing now. Uh, yellow is still a super solid color and can still definitely get there if you roll well throughout the day. So, um, yeah. because it's, not, it's not like we're having a plea where we're saying, like, yellow needs help. Yeah, yellow is, like, fine now. And it will probably find its
1: niches. So Yellow is balanced. You actually will not be, like... Yellow is at a point where you actually start having to use tier 1.5 yellow cards, like, forbidden power. Because you might not be able to repost somebody... Th- returns in a row and you might actually need a floodgate that's not freaking low investment high yield simply because you're yellow and you're gonna have it like that so I'm good
0: yeah exactly and um it's it, it's nice and I feel like we're in a good open field of just being able to I, I think we've gone back to maybe um back to a world of skill intensive format where if you can just play very solidly you might be able to get there so uh, you know, not like there. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to win a matchup as long as you understand what the meta is looking like at the moment, which is exciting. It should be fun. Um, but those are the key highlights I had for the. Oh, I, I guess one thing that I do want to point out is that uh, since I now have my invite and I don't need to care for the rest of the regional season, guys. Um, let us know. Let me know what deck you guys would like me to meme the next few regionals with, because at this point I've got no reason to take it seriously, and my meme decks do better viewership wise for Twitch. <laughs> so if you guys have any fun decks you guys want me to take, then just let me know.
1: <laughs> All right, load up the uh, load up the SSG Goku. <laughs>
0: just 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 rep it after I gave it so much shit.
1: <laughs> uh, sleeve up the Soul Striker light.
0: Yeah, there you go. Bucket Soul Striker. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Dollar tree Soul Striker.
0: <laughs> Any anything else you'd like to add in terms of uh the regionals that have started off? Yeah.
1: Y'all lucky I didn't play, all right? Look, um <laughs> No, no, I'm actually I'm actually gonna go out on the limb. I may be trash, but uh, the the very decks that were dominating like the representation, I I I don't even look sideways at those matchups right now. So like I <laughs> I feel very confident that off of sheer bullshit I would have placed because like I I am no longer invested in testing those matchups right now. I'm literally looking at them I'm like next, like and so that's going to be cool. And I'm actually really afraid that by the time we get to Miami, I'm not going to have the same matchups like the format. That, that's, that's two whole weeks for the format to shift. And seeing as that Texas is going to have big yields and the first kind of, um, you know, pre-side thing, I think it's going to be wild. I'm scared.
0: Yeah, I, I think it'll change up the game. And I, I will say, I think there'll be a wave of strong. I mean, th- th- we are in a card game where there's a lot of dominance from top players already just because of like how consistent our game is. But uh, I, I think we're going to see a wave of a lot of dominance where a lot of top players are going to like, because you see top cuts and like you see a lot of names that have been there before. Um, but there's uh-huh. usually like a good spread of like, I want to say like six to eight players who like maybe we haven't seen before when we're talking about top 16. Um, or we don't, you know, they're not super common, maybe because of the deck that they're playing, or maybe they're just someone who doesn't play in the competitive uh, circuit all that often. But uh, with sideboards coming in, it's going to add that level of complexity in which uh, top players who already play in best-of-three or are already custom with the idea of sideboarding or going into those t- style of matchups uh, will be able to take advantage of it better than players who don't, players who've only lived in this webcam best-of-one world. So uh, I think we'll have a, uh, an adjustment period where players are going to have to learn how to sideboard. And I've had so many messages from people over the past you know, ever since the announcements of Best of One pre-side, they're like, I don't know how to sideboard. And I'm like, you're going to have to learn because <laughs> it completely seems yeah. to match up. So I think, I think we're going to have a transition period if slash I think when Best of One pre-side gets implemented across the board because I think um, there'll be a strong divergence between those who know how to build slash utilize their sideboard versus those who are just going to kind of shut it in dark while they try and figure it out. So,
1: No, I 100%. People are about to be in for a rude one.
0: Yep. But uh, nevertheless, these to are exciting times to see what is going to happen in the future. With that said, we are going to be jumping into the SC mailbag. And of course, guys, if you have any questions that you'd like myself or Chris to answer on air, you guys can tweet at us with the hashtag SC mailbag and we will question your answer on air as well. If Twitter is just not your thing, you can also put them in the SC mailbag category on the discords. And we will get them through there. Our first one coming from Discord. And let's see. At DSA East Bay asks, what is y'all's favorite mechanic slash keyword regardless of power level? Mine is bonding. It's a well-designed mechanic that teaches you how to play slash build your deck. Also, is easy to learn to beat, which IMO makes good game design. Hmm yeah you got, you got a favorite mechanic or keyword
1: um i personally borderline get off on the people's souls leaving their eyes when they get smacked up with critical it's uh, so probably critical like I, critical I can critical be toxic so much. critical can definitely be toxic but critical is just like it's 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 a set one keyword that's so powerful that it's probably like on the least amount of cards in the game like now i'm not gonna say the least amount of cards in the game but like you, you just don't see like if a card has critical, there's like eighty five percent chance it's shit because critical is so strong. <laughs> <laughs> like and and the fact that you can just instantly make it ignorant, like critical, anything with critical for one mana can become ignorant or one energy can become ignorant, and that's just like that's a problem, dude.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, like we can just see that taking the extreme with reboot Gohan, right? Like one of the biggest things, I'd argue, the biggest thing that made that deck as oppressive as it was was just the fact that like, at any point in time, you could give your triple strike a crit. <laughs> and then your opponent's never seeing any cards out of his life. It, is, it was just for one energy. It was just so incredibly obnoxious.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: As for my... I mean, I'm such a degenerate. So, like... I mean, y'all really got to ask. Um, Victory Strike, off the rip. <laughs> th- th- there's no greater status. Like, especially old school. Not as much anymore because of how interactive the game is and there's ways to beat Apex of Power. But back in the old days... Uh, where it was awakened power and like you played golden frieza and your opponent legit had eight life and barely drew to a point where he could find an answer for awakened power which at the time there was like maybe one or two cards that existed in such a case oh my lord did it feel good to be able to eight oh my opponent (laughs) just like clean eight to nothing and then take the win it's it's so it is it it feeds every degenerate aspect of a player i love to be (laughs) but i think victory strike is a little bit of a cop-out because it only exists on two cards um and for the same reason i could say invoker but invoker is so parasitic in terms of that it only works with itself that like while of course i love it it's kind of like the heartbeat of its own like strategy so it it doesn't really spread in terms of like Obviously, if invoker is my favorite keyword, I'll never be super pleased because like the only time I'll ever see it is whenever invoker directly gets support. So on that front, I guess arrival would probably be my biggest keyword. Um, I think first off, multicolor is like my favorite thing in the game. Um, I played so much multicolor format. I still consider search format one of the highest skill ceiling slash uh, best formats the game has ever seen. So um, in my heart, it's probably arrival just because it utilizes every aspect of the game. It incentivizes going into combat. It incentivizes combo. Um, it, it plays battle cards on your opponent's turn. So the control player aspect of me loves the fact that I get to use energy on my opponent's turn to be able to play cards. Or I can use them on my turn and play cards at a time that he's not used to. And there's so many cool arrival abilities. So if I, if I had to pick a singular keyword, it would probably be arrival just because of like how well it leans into the strategies I like playing as a player.
1: I can do that, because Arrival, you, you're not wrong. Arrival, like, if you can play Arrival effectively, you are literally a better player for it. Like, like, like it, the duality of mankind, you could, like, I'm not trying to call anybody, because I know a lot of people that actually did do this, but you could literally get addicted to Frieza Victory Strike and not learn a damn thing about how to play this game. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you, could, you could win regionals with Frieza Victory Strike. And then they just, like, the deck phases out and you can't ever win a game in your life again that's just how like like uninteractive that sort of strategy can be but if you master a rival you learn so many phases of the game so i think you're right about that yeah that, that's 100
0: yeah like i think one of the good points um that our asker added here on their answer about bonding is that it's a mechanic that like it's a mechanic that teaches you how to play and i think i'm very incentivized towards mechanics that teach players how to play properly um so some people like make really weird recommendations or like, hey, so like, you know, what should I tell a new player to play? Or, yeah, yeah. I think I'm giving, like, I'm thinking of giving them XYZ deck. Like, oftentimes I'll see Bulma. And I'm like, guys, like, if someone's new is coming into the game, never give them a deck that plays an incredibly weird, slash, atypical, slash, um, off-the-wall strategy, that means that they don't learn the basics of the game, right? If you play a strategy, if you teach someone how to play the game via strategy like Bulma, like Invoker, um, like uh, Victory, St- you know, uh, Golden Frieza, uh, U7 Frieza Victory Strike back in the day, you are teaching them how to play a very tied-down, specific version of the game that only applies to that specific deck, and they don't learn the aspects of the game that make them good otherwise. You know, I even... Um, Nick Menard, who did extremely well with self-surge over this past year and ended up top 16, uh, NA Nats, said that, you know, overall, he was just not being a great player across the board because he was playing this very, like, Exodia-style deck. And uh-huh. it, it's, it's absolutely true, right? That The less you experience yourself with the combat phase, the less you experience yourself with how to combo appropriately, how to, how to sequence your plays appropriately because your deck kind of makes up for it. Um, then you're at a point where you're at a disadvantage when you decide to play something else, or that deck just kind of rotates out of playability. So
1: no, I will I will kind of put this little bit of info out there. I am a firm believer that Cell Surge had the propensity to be a very, very, very ignorant toxic deck, but very few players could play it the way it needed to be played to do so. Yes. The fact that like 90% of the player base was like, Oh yeah, Icarus just draws too much for Cell Surge to handle, and Jordan was just like I could play Icarus eight times in a tournament and I would top. And he literally played Icarus like six times at Nats and ended up in the top four. Like, it's not like like the skill cap for that deck. I I know people hate to hear this, but the skill cap for an ignorant deck that does still exist. And freaking like, get surge sell surge. Two players can pick up that deck and play it completely differently. Like, there, there's just ways that you can give your opponent cards that have you you don't need to give them cards there are times where on turn three you're sitting there with still half a hand but against a player like jordan you're sitting there with one card going how did this happen i played against this deck before so like it is kind of a there is definitely a skill gap with that one but i get what you're saying i was saying i i just think personally cell surge is one of those decks where people oh. did pick it up thinking it oh. was just going to get like they were going to annihilate the field and they're sitting there going this deck mid yeah, yeah, yeah no.
0: Really? <laughs> no, for sure. I, I, my biggest point was just that they teach you bad habits, right? Like, I think, yeah. I think there is definitely a skill thing, and the only reason Nick was able to, e- even though he claims, and I, I think he gives himself a little not enough credit on that front. I think he's a fantastic player, but um, to to his credit, saying that like you know, cell surge was making him a worse overall player is just specifically because you learn all those terrible habits. Um, that that like good players. Like overall, good players learn that those you know those habits only apply to that specific deck. But agree, like invoker, like I've always said, it there are two extremely notable players that play invoker, and then if I include the card pool of competent, uh, invoker players that I know have performed, there's like five of us, and like I include myself on that bin. So it's um, yeah. <laughs> so that so the skill ceiling in there is is definitely exists in those kinds of decks. They're just um they just play the you know the game in such like a, a weird way. So just, just something to take into account when you consider, you know, what should be a representative deck of teaching someone how to play, which didn't have to do with the question, but just kind of like why I like his bonding answer. Because, yes, uh, mechanics that touch all aspects of the game are super important, in my opinion. So, I get that. Moving on to Discord questions. We've got one from Brandel here who says, With the addition of One Piece joining in the lineup as another Bandai card game, do you think this will hurt DBS as another contender for the game? I keep seeing people say Digimon is kicking our butt and whatnot. I'm just hoping Bandai doesn't hurt themselves by dividing communities for those that stick to one card game in general. Hmm. I, I think it'll be fine. Um... Like, I, as much as I know a lot of people stick to Dragon Ball for the IP, I think a lot of people are here specifically because the mechanics of the game are incredible. Um, IP is the reason why you join Dragon Ball, card game. And then, like, the way the game plays is why you stay. Um, so, for, for, it's kind of tough to tell, right? Because we have no idea how One Piece plays. Digimon, I would say, Digimon, I wouldn't even say initially hurt Dragon Ball. It's just people tried the new thing. People are always trying the new thing. Anytime there's a new thing, people will give it a go. Um, but I know a lot of people who, a lot, a lot of Dragon Ball players who played the game like, nope, I can't deal with the RNG. And then they peaced. So do, do I think initially Digimon quote unquote hurt? Digimon hurt in as far as like, it was a new thing people tried. And then like those who stuck, stuck. And, but like, I think overall, it wasn't a net negative for Dragon Ball. I think Dragon Ball is still kind of performing at the same level that it would have if Digimon wasn't around. Um, is it going to do it for One Piece? I don't know. Um, there's we just, We don't know enough information. And... Um, for the most part, from what I've seen, people are okay with picking up a side game and still playing Dragon Ball. Like Dragon Ball isn't one of those games people play as a side game. It really is their main game. And then they play other games as side games. So in my opinion, I think, and it all depends, right? Like the, we don't know how many, from what we see from the starter decks, the starter decks are like 25 cards, which like, okay, you know, how competitive is this game? Is it more of a casual game? Who knows? Is it a competitive version of Dragon Ball because we have leaders and stuff? I'm not too sure. And then, even then, like, is their SPR game on point? Like, Digimon has great card art, but their SPRs are still slacking behind, like, what we do with ours.
1: Gosh, their SPRs are like just, they they just add like a layer of texture on it and they change the art. And you're kind of like, look left, look right.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, there are. Yeah, so in my opinion, there are huge aspects that keep Dragon Ball from being. But at the same time, there's too many unknowns. But I I, I think Dragon Ball will be fine. Um, If anything, it means that One Piece fans start playing card games and maybe. They see that Bandai has this event that showcases Digimon and Dragon Ball and One Piece and maybe they give the Dragon Ball game a try. So
1: Yeah. Um it's kinda like I, I actually do kind of agree. Like, I mean I say I do kinda, but no, I really do agree. Um it's kinda like in a weird position where I don't I don't know how like I, I can't even imagine how they would make One Piece as I'm not going to say convoluted, but as in-depth as Dragon Ball without making the same game. Mm -hmm. So I am kind of hoping that One Piece is fun, maybe less deep than Dragon Ball, but not as... I don't want to use the word whack, but look, I'm sorry, Dragon... I'm sorry, Digimon players, you guys know what you are, like, like y'all play that game for a reason the fact that the fan base, <laughs> the fact that the player base visibly were mad that they were about to introduce mulligans and side decks that tells me all i needed to know like like they were literally like here are two facets of a card game that can help delete variants allow you to not get screwed just because of your opening six Five and even alter five, sorry, and even alter your strategies between rounds so that if you just entered a terrible matchup based on color, and I'm not gonna front, there are, there are Digimon matchups that just feel awful. Like, like, there were like, I remember playing, there were like green can make some wild boards, but I think it was black that could just put a bunch of blockers up with reboot. Yep. And like, You know, red wouldn't have necessarily had the same problem because red will just start like eating these guys off the field, and same with um, same with blue to a a degree. Blue just bounce stuff, but like green versus black didn't really feel like a good matchup to me. And now they're like, okay, well, we're introducing side decks too, and the and the community was like awful, terrible, bro. If my opponent bricks, he's just a worse player than me, and I don't need that deck builder. And it's like, (laughs) why? Dude, I will, I will put it out there right now. I don't mean to, like, hate on anybody, but, like, I played in my first Digimon locals. I did not have a single Omnimon. I had four Blitz Greymons, and I had a General Red deck. I smashed all four of my rounds and then faced True Champion Steven, I think, in the final round. And I just bricked. He just beat my ass with, like, green, blue, like, Imperial Drummon. And like I didn't play, like I had to hard cast like a champion blocker twice. And as you had the nerve to tell me good game afterwards, like like we actually played. I was like, dog, don't even like this is on your stream, but like why would you like I just said yeah. Just left. (laughs) Like that game has severe issues when it comes to the evolve system, because the evolve system truly needed a mulligan since the beginning of the game. Um so yeah, it just blows my mind that the community was like, I don't know about that one, Chief. So I don't want it to be as linear and sometimes just like RNG-dependent as Digimon, but uh, I'm not going to front. If One Piece is just as convoluted and in-depth as Dragon Ball, I know I said I want to use that word, I'm going to use that word. I don't know if I can play both games mm-hmm. because there are so many interactions in Dragon Ball that you just have to understand. Like, And yes, I could probably do that with two games, but depending on how much time I have in the day, maybe I don't want to. Now, if I get on this full-time content creator life one day, yeah, you know what? Like, <laughs> sky's the limit. I got I got time, bro. I got time to spend. So you know I'll be balls deep in either game. But, like, I, I think when you play card games, you kind of do, like, maybe one or two that challenge you, and then one that's just fun. And That's what Digimon was for me until, like, Yellow just got super trash. But, um, yeah, I kind of feel like that's 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 where I'm at on that one. I don't think One Piece coming out, will take away from uh, Dragon Ball. And actually, I'm going to put it out there. One Piece is a big IP and it's bigger. It's like huge, it's a huge IP. But Digimon had the nostalgia factor in America. Mm -hmm. And so so does Dragon Ball. But again, you have the Dragon Ball card game, which has a very steep learning curve and it's competitive end. And then you have Digimon that also has nostalgia, but is very easy to pick up, very easy to play, and anybody can technically win. I mean, the better players are going to rise to the top, but I mean, even the better players can break. So Digimon had a lot going for it in terms of that. And also, uh, lots of people don't want to attribute this, but Digimon had a terrible, terrible initial circulation to the point where I could buy boxes and know that there was no way I was going neg if I just put everything on the auction house. Um, the first two sets, I literally just bought boxes because I liked cracking packs and I liked just selling them and coming up plus like these, the, the, uh, alt arts were going for like 60 plus, almost no matter which alt art you pulled and you get two per box. If you pulled an alt art secret rare, just good game. Like you just, you just got way more than your box and that, that didn't really crash until set three. So Digimon had a whole lot of things going for it to get the popularity it did when it did. And at the same time, Dragon Ball Super was in a very precarious competitive scene. Like a lot of players were not down with what the game was turning into because they couldn't play the decks they wanted to play. Like the the gap in power between certain decks was unreal. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to play my Turles Herder Yellow Green Jank. And somebody was like, bro, like I will just beat on your ass with ss3 thwarting and you will never recover and it's just like wow i'm going to play digimon and so i i i don't think one piece is going to do that uh Digi uh dragon ball is going into a better place well yeah it's going to a pretty good place the hype for dragon ball is extremely high right now we got our god rare people love the themes in this set um this has probably one of the best sets we've had in a while in terms of like sales and hype yep. in general Yep. Um, And we're only going to keep going up from here. So a new game that's coming out middle of the year while Dragon Ball is kind of hitting its, like, Super Stride. We're going to have a new movie, so popularity is going to be higher, too. Yeah, uh, One Piece is not going to just put a dent in our community. Uh, and if you like both, you like both. But I won't front. It's a new game. It is by Bandai, and it will be imported. So I mean, never yeah. say never, but good luck finding this card game for the first couple months it's out. Yeah. You like?
0: it'll, it'll be tough to lock down um and they're doing the digimon thing where the game is coming out in japan first and then the states and that always is like read me the wrong way with digimon because it's like a big part of being a competitive player for card games for me is being able to discover the meta being able to break the meta being able to like find out what other people don't find out because my knowledge of general game sense is like better than the average right um mm-hmm. Whereas with Digimon, you're just kind of playing the meta that's already been discovered and existed that the Japanese are playing. Um, A little bit different because like Digimon's best of three here versus being best of ones in Japan. But like, nevertheless, it's, I don't know, it's always left kind of a bit of a sour taste. So we'll see if that's temporary or if that's just the way the game works. And If that's the game works, I mean, at that point, it'll just depend on how fun the game is because it's an aspect for me that myths me. But nevertheless, I think you hit it right on the nose where Digimon had nostalgia. Um Dragon Ball had nostalgia to its own right, and like again, is cultivating really well in terms of the movies and everything that helped the game push where it is. whereas like one piece, I wouldn't say there are people who are medium on one piece. You have either people who see the episode count and just like, fuck that noise, or that you have people who are like love one piece. So I think while it'll do well in the core groups that you know really do care about one piece, and it's huge, it's still like the number one selling manga in the world or something like that um. I think I, I think it's not going to have the same runaway power that, like, Digimon did on release, let's say. so.
1: Yeah, Digimon had its... The, the shields were down for other card games, and Digimon came out. And, like, yeah, Digimon was just easy to pick up. Like, you could pick up starter decks, and you felt like you were having fun. And there was explosive, like, plays in almost every color except black at first. I think black and purple kind of felt shafted at first, if I'm not mistaken. And then they got, like, yeah. better over time. Yeah. Um, Even yeah. green to an extent. But, yeah, it's, like, it's uh, basically... Yeah, everything he just said. I don't think One Piece has the uh the prime setup that those do. Now, I mean if if the art is heat and the game is heat, I can see it easily being like a second kind of deal. But um what we really need if I think if Bandai's gonna play it smart, they're just going to I know you wanna stack uh different things at different events, but I think if Bandai wants to be smart and maximize things, they should start like alternating when events are gonna be. Like, yeah, yeah. it sucks if you play all these games, but like I'm gonna be real like I might play in a Digimon event if it wasn't the same day as a Dragon Ball event same. if I had the cards on me but same. I'm not like if I'm looking at both games it's it's hard pass hard pass on Digimon if I'm going to be playing a Dragon Ball tournament like
0: Yep I agree I think uh I-, I think they should recognize that there is a decent amount of crossover and and I think for the most part they've actually done a pretty good job at that but sometimes there is kind of that overlap so um you know I, I think there's mo- probably going to be more interest from players playing who play Dragon Ball 2 playing into One Piece than those who play Digimon, just because the IPs kind of make more sense as a crossover. So, um, Especially if the gameplay scene... I mean, it uses leaders somehow, and it uses power somehow. So it does seem like, in some way, shape, or form, there might be kind of like that Dragon ball S gameplay. So having the alter- uh, alternating schedule on that front would help a lot.
1: I um, kind of want, like, what if we get an SCR from One Piece, bro?
0: I still don't see that happening.
1: I don't see that uh-huh. happening because the numbers don't even match up. But like, <laughs> um,
0: become- yeah, I mean, it could be cool, but the, the Bandai has shown that it's not interested in doing those kind of crossovers that are other companies on themselves. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe eventually they'll see like, oh, hey, Magic Gathering literally has Street Fighter cards and like maybe decide like, yo, maybe we could do a crossover. But um, ever, 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 since the pan guest SCR <laughs> debacle, just remember. I, 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 I don't think they're ever going to use that verbiage again until it's actually a real guest.
1: <laughs> Xenopan could have been an Omnimon seeker, right? just remember. that <laughs> They could have printed their eighth Omnimon in four sets.
0: <laughs>
1: it would have been a Dragon Ball instead.
0: Oh, God. Um, Brendan also had a side question that said, if you were to choose another card game to be developed within the anime genre, which would it be and why? Um, mm. that one's Go a bit ahead. Go ahead, King. Yeah, well, that one's a bit of a tough sell because we already have games like uh, Universes, which is the My Hero Guys, and their platform is open to other things. They're doing My MHA right now, um, but you know, it's sky's the limit. They've licensed IPs from fighting games forever, and there's no surprise that they could do something else. So, uh, if not, I mean, there's White Shores, right? Which is the hey, we are an you know, bring your anime into a card game, and you know, they've covered everything from slice of life to romances um, to shonen. <laughs> so it, it's it's kind of weird because at the end of the day if i wanted to my anime to play in those games i would already be playing those games because hopefully i would like the mechanics which like i've watched why Shores we play once and i don't think it's for me but like i you know i won't say that as a hard definitive because i've never played the game before and obviously i love the universe system i think my hero plays incredibly well if you're someone who likes playing competitive card games so I guess if I had to choose which already existing system I would like it to see in, it would be universes. If I had to say which anime, um, I, don't, I mean, there's a few I've really been into. Demon Slayer would probably be like amazing as an anime to pick up as a card game. I guess if I was talking about just that. Um, yeah, I would say that that would be fun. It, it's kind of tough because you kind of are stuck to choosing shonens. I think, for the most part, because I think anything outside of the shonen genre, one, doesn't lend itself too great to like card game battles and then secondarily probably don't have a no, big enough cast to make like multiple sets uh worth go. of a card game so I, I i think demon slayer just off the rip um attack on titan could be cool i guess if it was like more of like a hard strategy style game but uh uh i guess those two would kind of be like the biggest ones i could think of um i would say gundam but like we had the transformers that's just kind of like gundam-esque and that like flop but of course i, I blame the like. Massive cards on that one more than anything else. <laughs> uh, so that, that that's my take on. it I, I don't think there's any that I'm craving for, and there are systems that exist already for those kinds of games to thrive if they want to play in a universe in a universal fight strategy. But if it had to be an anime, I guess I'll stick to what I've known recently. Oh, um, it already had. uh Yeah, yeah, I'll stick to those just because like they're the ones that probably serve the best possibility of having like a grown enfranchised
1: uh, TCG. All right. See, here's what I got here. Nada. Um, mainly because I think to make a good TCG, I don't like investing anything. Investing anything that makes me feel like it or that gives me pause to the longevity of it. Like I would actually never want a my. I would never want a um. What's the word for it? A Demon Slayer gotcha or a Demon Slayer card game, because that was a fairly short run, mm-hmm. and then it was over. And uh with that being said, you have such a limited cast, and furthermore than that, even like limited, like, like can you imagine them trying to make a Ring Goku deck off of the single arc he appeared in, the mini arc he appeared in, only for them to later be like, we're gonna revisit Ring Goku as a character and be yeah, like, how? Like you yeah. don't use all of his scenes, what are you gonna do? Like you have to start making like original shit for his cards because clearly you've spent him already. Um I would normally be like my like my hero academia. Uh I love that I love it to death. But um no spoilers here, but if you're actually reading the manga, they they're in the final arc. Like I was hoping that there would be more stuff to it, but they are very much Whoa. so pretty much confirming they're in the final arc. And they so have
0: like Vigilantes, though.
1: They do. And I'm so I'm really hoping that since Vigilantes went a lot further than I thought, because I started reading it when it first came out and I let it go, and now I realize I have like match i have just catch on and i'm just i'm I'm happy for that i'm gonna wait a little bit and i'm gonna start catching up on it i the thing that kind of gets me is uh i believe i'm not mistaken horikoshi decided he sorry sorry tangent he decided that he wanted to extend my hero because if you guys saw my hero twin heroes or whatever it was two heroes or heroes rising where um it was a movie from like two years ago or something mm. a year or two years ago where At one point in the movie, and sorry if this is a spoiler, but it's not canon, and the movie happened like two years ago, guys. Um, Midoriya gave Bakugo one for all, and then they both, like, clapped the absolute dog shit out of the main villain. Horikoshi said that that was originally how he had planned for the series to end. That That the movie contained a lot of elements on how he planned to cap the series. Which would have been a bittersweet ending if Midoriya gave up his power and his dream of being number one hero in order to save the planet from, like, ultimate game. But it's very Midoriya, like, in character. And it would leave Bakugo being the number one hero, which he said he set out to do. But when they realized the popularity of the IP, he kind of decided to go a little bit longer in terms of the game plan he was going for, which I'm thankful for. But if he can do that one time, I'm not sure if there's anything from stopping him from making more spinoffs. Because, like, frankly, who would not want a new cast of UA high students with the occasional cameo of some of the people we know and love. Yeah. Like not a single person is going to say no to that. So I would say that my hero is in danger of being like not a short run, but like a very limited capped run that I can see the end of. And I'd be afraid to have a card game be based off the IP, even though there's already one out. But I just feel like that's another IP where you don't necessarily have to end it. I am definitely... Vigilantes has a whole lot of work. It's a little dark for you guys that haven't read it yet, but it's got a whole lot of stuff that's good in it. Um, they could easily do a My Hero Academia, next generation kind of deal. And again, we would we would love that. I would love a Kirishima to come through and be like a UA teacher for PE because, you know, he's really good body smart, but he's not necessarily like the smartest smart smart. I would love to see, you know, Shoto and Bakugo just doing their thing as like pro heroes, number like one and two or two and three. Just I would love these sort of things. So mm. yeah, I mean, they're already pretty much doing, I think, the best card games. I think that's that's not that's not uh an accident. The best card games they could be basing their IPs off of, or best IPs they could be basing their card games off of, they're already doing it. Like yeah. <laughs> One Piece is getting it, and God, like One Piece will literally go forever, especially yeah, if they
0: start. It's never gonna yeah. Happen,
1: bro. Yeah. yeah like- man
0: like, uh, I forget the mangaka's name, actually, but... Um,
1: Oda?
0: Yeah, Oda. Like, Oda as I said, like, bro, I'm not even close. And I'm like, what the hell, guy? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: he, hit, he hit chapter, he hit chapter, like, 900, and people were like, hey, yo! And he was like, hey, yo! We're like, halfway now. <laughs> and, like, alright, you guys can hate on One Piece all you want, but I'm gonna say it right here. No other Mon- like mangaka in the game if I'm not mistaken, I've read a whole bunch of shit, dude. I like reading. I'm not just an anime-only person. There's nothing wrong with that, but I do a lot of reading. I don't think I've ever come across a Mangaka in the game who has had the foresight to plan as hard as Oda. Like, the fact that... Did my computer just beep?
0: Uh, potentially. Mine beep too, but, you know. Okay. Um,
1: okay, so, basically, nobody, nobody in the game, I think, has the foresight that man has. Like, I can find a singular plot hole in the entirety of that thousand forty-three chapter anime, her manga, and that's Shanks getting his arm bitten off in the first like chapter. Yeah, because that that, that makes, one that, that, makes one, no that one
0: makes no sense. I don't I, oh, I, I saw I saw
1: meme. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to your arm? <laughs> and it's just Shanks like, oh shit, I forgot. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah,
0: Nothing about that that made sense. But besides that, <laughs> but, like the you're right about the foresight, right? Like there are characters. That Oda had set up the stage for hundreds of episodes beforehand. And I'm like, I completely forgot that this guy even was like was relevant. And yet here he is. And it's like, what the heck?
1: Uh, and you're sitting there like, that's an ass pool. And then some like dude pushes up their glasses in anime style. Actually, in chapters blank, 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 and blank. This character was referenced by height, by look, by hair color, by special move, just not by name. And then there was the prophecy that just like. If you're reading the current chapters, there's a lot of controversy going on right now, but you can't even be mad at it and call it an ass pull because has dead ass been like on the map for about 500 chapters. And so you're like, well, damn. So like <laughs> it's, this man, this man will never cease. Like <laughs> this man's got plot on plot on plot. And I don't know how he keeps it all straight. But like, yeah, one piece just ain't an enemies, mangas and enemies have lived and died. Before this thing has finished. Like just think about the fact that this is one of the original big three. And the still other here. big threes have like come up. Like Bleach and Naruto have come up. Naruto has had two sequel series. One still ongoing. And, 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 and like One Piece is still going. Like, like Demon Slayer. has right Like Demon Slayer. Fire Force. These things are Gen 2 and 3. After the big like you know big three. That have started. Ended. And One Piece is still going strong. It's just unreal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's still going to keep going. I, until that, that man's dying breath, I'm guaranteed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> as long as he finishes the story. I just hope it's all laid out so he's just like, ah, shit. I'm go. like, hey, y'all finish this for me. I got it all. I left, <laughs> I left, oh, it was, I left all the rest of the plot in one place. If you can find it, it's all you are. <laughs> If Oda just Gold Rogers, goldie Rogers, that shit out of us with the rest of the monkeys plot on his deathbed, I would be sick, dude. <laughs>
0: I would be sick. Fuck. Uh, like, transit on some island so that people have to get on boats and try and get to it. Like. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the Marine. They definitely got fired for publicly executing Gold Roger because, like, the whole purpose was to demoralize pirates by killing the best one of them. And this dude literally just started the golden age of pirates with like a single sentence on national <laughs> television. I would have been like, all right, whose idea was this? I thought yeah. it would be a good idea to break their spirit. You're fired. Get the, <laughs> leave your keys on the table. Get the fuck out.
0: Like, Bruh. Says one line, head drop. And then the next pirate, drop, uh, pirate generation starts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all right all right our final question comes from Derpy who says what's the video game that you've spent the most hours playing across all playthroughs oof. I would say uh probably Ocarina Have Time for me to be honest um not because of the length of that game but just because it's the game that I go back and replay like I don't do replay like I don't re-watch movies outside of very specific movies that like really hit me um i don't replay games just because i don't really have the time but uh ocarina of time is one of those games where i okay so there's two actually there's ocarina of time just because i go back and replay it like every year every couple of year um but otherwise it's probably pokemon like first off across all pokemon games i've evenly sunk like probably months of like gameplay hour time into it and then pokemon ruby specifically when i was a kid i kind of thought that clock dog that shit was at nine 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 nine. so like Probably, probably Pokemon. If we're talking like younger years when I used to grind the shit out of like Max and the Pokedex and all that stuff. In my older time, it's probably like working of time or actually, I drain a lot of time on games that like um you just play round after round. So like uh Hearthstone, not specifically Hearthstone itself, but like Battlegrounds. Like I've sunk a real long time into that. Um, super auto pets th- th- those genre of games are the, like the so yeah so th- that'll be my answer if we're talking about like a-, a game that I that like you play through then I would probably say like some form of Legend of Zelda whether it be Breath of the Wild or Kingdom of Time if it's like singular playthrough it'd have to be Pokemon with Pokemon Ruby and then if we're talking about games that I play today that I probably sink the most time into it's probably like some kind of like auto chess super auto pets Hearthstone Battlegrounds type of game
1: I do be seeing Super AutoCuts pop up on Discord, and I'd be like, "What the hell, Dish?" <laughs> I'm like, what, what, what is Dish?
0: Yeah, it's just I had twenty minutes, so I was able to sneak a quick game before having to do something else. Because your boy doesn't know how to sleep.
1: That's fair. I too suffer from that problem. It is eleven thirty nine currently, as of uh, Eastern Time when we're recording this. I don't know what George has got lined up, but I need to record my Dragon Ball Super card game video for tomorrow. Um, I need to record a You are Dottie showcase for My Hero Ultra Impact, and I need to see if I want to still be up to record a Doken video to, uh, tonight, or whether I'm just going to do that tomorrow, because that's easily going to put me out to like, 3 a.m. So um, sometimes the no-sleep-grind game is real, but you know what? That is why we are making games, because while we are not sleeping, we are still not standing still. So um, I definitely feel that. In terms of games, I have multiple categories. If it's in terms of a single playthrough, because... I, I, too, I very rarely replay games because I don't really re-watch... Like, I re-watch movies, but I do it in the background. I do not sit down and actively yeah. rewatch a movie and do nothing. Mm-hmm. But I also like, super ADHD, so I don't really do any... I'm, I'm solitaring my deck while I'm doing this podcast. Uh, like, <laughs> I mean, like, that is actually... All in hand right now, all in hand. So, um, if it's a single playthrough it's probably Final Fantasy X. I I don't think I've ever put as much time into a single playthrough, because maxing out that game is just maxing out that game. Uh, Endless controller-breaking moments of fucking getting hit by a piece of lightning when you're somewhere around 170 out of the 200, you need to get uh, Lulu's uh, sigil, or um, losing the Chocobo race by, like, fractions of a second. You have to get, like, a time of 0.00. To yep. get his uh to get Titus oh uh, uh, well, sorry it's, I want to say Titus but they fucking randomly said Titus in a game and I can't you can't dispute that it was the first time his name was ever like spoken and it was like Titus and you were like, <laughs> <laughs> like hey, what? That's, that's
0: fine some people you know not everyone says names correctly anyways right some people that's call you Chris fair. some people call you Uni like sometimes people just oh say look at names. that I mean you're not wrong you're not wrong you're not wrong
1: they're going to hit stage three with that but um no it's uh. I definitely, I definitely put a lot of hours into that game. Um, if it's replays, uh, I have to give it to Kingdom Hearts as a whole, because I've gotten to a point where I could, I, I, I sped run Kingdom Hearts one at Magfest and won like cash prize for it because I am a, I am a demon with Kingdom Hearts. I just like I the memory, the levels are known like the back of my hand. Like I could probably play those games in my, like, they're not hard games to play, but in terms of speed running, I could just line those up in my sleep like it's one of my favorite franchises of all time. However, uh I think if it's time put into a video game and you don't count MMOs of cheating, I was a religious World of Warcraft player for oh, well, 4 or 5 years and yeah. then I I literally resub to see the content and I just like cut myself off because it's like it's like crack. I have an addiction and it's not just the gameplay, it's the actual lore. So I just resubbed, and I plan to just jump in and experience pretty much the entirety of Shadowlands now that it's about over. And then I'm just going to leave. And unfortunately, I probably still will buy the Special Edition for the next expansion because I love the art books. I currently have my World of Warcraft Legion Special Edition mousepad right here. Like, I am a fiend for those. And it used to be, like, a terrible health-threatening addiction. Like, I'd log on in the morning before high school, and if my Death Knight fell out of the top 10 in gear score on WoW Hero... I would be like, oh, all right. What gems need to be perfect out? What am I? What am I not missing? What am I missing? Best in slot. Like I had a terrible addiction, so it'd probably be wow.
0: Yeah, if we're including MMOs, then I think Maple Story for me takes it from by a landslide. Oh slide. lord, Maple I, pl- Story. Right, I played the shit out of Maple Story, dog. So like, oh my Jeez. god. <laughs> not Maple <laughs> Story. I tried. Yeah. I tried, man. I tried um, getting Maple Story. It didn't play with me. It was a whole thing for me. It was playing Maple Story for about a year and a half. And then actually, MapleStory is the whole reason I got into making content. And this could be like its own separate video, so I'm not, or you know, podcast. I'm not gonna delve into it too much. But um, MapleStory was kind of like what started getting me into content because um, I went from playing MapleStory to animating MapleStory with Flash. And so I did Flash oh. animations for like four or five years through um, high school. And then that's how I got into video editing and creating videos. And that's kind of started my trajectory um, through here. I mean, I did some stick animations before getting into Flash animations, but that's really where like I gained my stride on that front. So yeah, it's way too many hours wasted on Maple Story on 2D, uh, Sprite, fucking chibi looking characters.
1: Well, not chibi looking <laughs> characters fucking cheapy looking character. There was, there was a little bit of spite on that oh
0: one. oh yeah like maple is one of those things where like hey it defined a big part of my life but also like oh my god never again yeah, <laughs> like, it was it was a
1: grind grind yeah yeah grind. that in flight i was i was hyped playing play when i first downloaded it i was like oh man i got the yo-yos i'm going off and then like i realized three days in the flight that for those three days, the gameplay was the exact same as when I started play, And I was like, oh, no, I can't do this. <laughs> I was like, does it ever get any better? And they're like, you hit harder. Oh, I have this cool surfboard that lets me fly. I was like, uh, let me hit you back, dog. And I just uninstalled it. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs>
0: uh, so once again, guys, if you have any questions that you'd like to, us to answer on there, then feel free to just hashtag a, send us a tweet with the hashtag at the mailbag. Or you guys can go ahead and send your questions over in our discords. Now, that is pretty much it for the cast. Chris, anything you want to tell the people you got going on this week?
1: Um, I am, my brain is kind of like, honestly, just a little foggy. Um, there's been a lot going on uh, on my end. Um, for you guys that were kind of wondering, the, one of the reasons why I've, I've had, a, besides the drought of content, for the game in general, um this production had a shoot a rehearsal date, a shoot date, reshoots and this is all I was working as well as um as well as trying to make sure that my other two channels were getting off the ground. Uh, I got this opportunity while I was already making planned out content for these other channels and was kind of like caught with my pants down so that was the kind of the, one of the reasons why the two week those last two weeks were kind of really shaky. It was just literally because like Yeah, like by the time I was done with that, like I had to change my entire setup around in my room to get those correct angles. And by the time I was done with that, I was not really trying to think of random, inconsequential Dragon Ball content to put up. So um, now that that's over, I mean, we have so much to cover. Right now, I am about to get off and start crafting a video. Um, I might actually try to propose something pretty cool with that. But yeah, I'm going to try to craft a video um after crafting said video uh what am i gonna do next there's there's actually just because the competitive season started there's a lot to do um like i said i kind of freeball this but it's it's weird there's always a purpose to the things i'm doing but sometimes i will get this idea while at work at my desk and i'll just draft it in my notebook and then flesh it out as i'm recording but um yeah we definitely have a lot to to talk about just having these two top cut breakdowns. I think we have uh, there's a lot we can do here. Just, just expect there to be some informational <laughs> kind of stuff going into um, the fest. That's going to be what's on people's minds. Um, so you can guess that this week we're probably going to get about two to three videos at minimum, helping gear players towards Texas. And then uh, after Texas, expect no informational videos because I will be saving all the information for myself going to Miami. <laughs> um, <laughs> not quite like that, but like y'all y'all are tripping. What you playing? Why would I say that? Like, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this deck? I think it's strong. Any more specific thoughts? Why are you trying to get information off of me? What cards are good to side in red? Why are you asking about red, huh? I'm like, <laughs> just like... Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like for the 18th time, don't ask me if I'm playing Gohan. Don't ask me about what I would play in Gohan. If I was playing Gohan, you'd find out after Miami.
0: Spoiler alert, he's probably playing
1: Gohan. You don't know that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like everybody just saw me crack at scr on screen, but also his for the past month heard me saying I don't like playing Mel. No.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly. Wasn't Gohan like the tutorial deck you chose to showcase on IGN as well?
1: Um, I chose Vegeta because I really wanted to show off the gold foiling. Uh, but the reason why I chose Gohan SR and SPR is because I wanted to make sure the same. See, that's another thing. They they just told me I could pick up any SPR and SR, but I thought it'd be really cool to show people how they are the same card. Right. But a difference in rarity. And I, I didn't want see. to do that with anybody else than my boy.
0: Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um All right. So on my end, uh, nothing crazy streams as usual. um, Work has been insane lately, especially with, um, you know, everything that's happening over in my hero land. So I'll be busy with that. But uh, given that I have the time to uh, produce videos, we um, I don't know video wise, to be honest. Um, Hmm. It's a good question, but we are doing streams, so there's there's that. Um, I'm strong when it comes to discussion videos, and I'm not too sure if there's discussion videos I can pull at the moment. I'll have to review the data based on these regionals and kind of see what I can pull out. But of course, if you guys are into just gameplay in general, uh, Blue-Yellow Soul Striker might be in my horizons as a deck I can build right now. So we'll be trying that with some of the new cards, and then uh, we'll see if we can get our hands on some Uh, red stuff and some black stuff in the future gameplay so those are the things to keep uh, interest for in terms of things i'll be playing on stream with that said guys that was our cast for today thank you guys so much for listening and until next week best of luck with your top decks
1: see you guys